Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. So, Tom, I know that you are an extremely talented videographer, um, but can you explain what Teb Web Innovations is um, and a little bit about your journey toward owning your own company, Teb Web Innovations? Sure, sure. Well, Teb Web is like, uh, it's a play on my initials, Thomas E. Brunt, Teb, and then Web. I kind of came up with the name back in the mid nineties when the newfangled internet was starting to evolve and uh, people were starting to create websites. So I decided to locally uh, try my hand at it. I, I was always big on even with video technology or other technology. I was always big on um, kind of like the newest thing. I really kind of wanted to explore that new technology coming out. I still do that to, to this day. That's sort of what Teb oh. turned into. But it's like, you know, the, the web was starting to evolve and, and I saw this potential of, of creating websites for people. So I would actually like, uh, you know, they use the term pound the pavement and I would go like door to door with businesses or make phone calls and, you know, talk to like a bed and breakfast about uh, doing a website. And they're like, well, what on earth do I want a website for? And by the way, what is a website? That's how, right. that's how new it rem- was. So. <laughs> no, I remember the information superhighway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I started, I started Teb Web and, and, and that became that, that I did that for a few years and then went back. Um, I, I was always full-time working in video production. I started in high school um, with the local community access uh, cable TV station. And um, I guess you can say, I, I used the term, the bug bit me. Um, I, I kind of realized that, boy, I, this is what I want to do. It kind of came out of left field. Um, it was a chance uh, a, a meeting uh, with the director of the cable station. And I was like, just, a, I was a junior in high school. And I remember the, the cable access channel had these little information ads they would run. And they said, well, there's a birthday ad. You can place a happy birthday for somebody. My sister was turning, I guess, turning 18. I thought, well, that would be nice. So I, I put in an ad for the a free ad for the birthday greeting. And of course, like I never did before, I watched that channel looking for the birthday greeting. Right. I never saw the birthday greeting but I saw an ad that said, we're looking for high school volunteers and production assistants. Let me, okay, let me, let me try that. So I went in there and I, I met with the, I didn't have, 
I was just getting involved with electronics at the Bowtech School. So I was always kind of interested in electronics and thought and, and computers. Um, I kind of thought I was kind of going more that direction. I thought, oh, well, let me just see what it's like, you know? So I ended up starting with them and uh, I, I kind of never left. Um, I became very enthusiastic uh, with, the, with the cable station um, all the way through high school uh, and into college. And then they offered me full-time employment. So I worked there for about 10 years, uh, working in the community, doing a, a basically learning a lot about, it's sort of where I've got my whole bug of doing community involvement, because um, I got to meet everybody. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and so, but it was time to kind of move on from there. So I ended up, as, as people do, you kind of hear through the grapevine about somebody looking for uh, a person to do this and that. And so I tried the next thing, which was, uh, which turned out to be the next second phase of my career doing um, engineering, uh, broadcast level engineering. And fast forward 20 some years later, and, and I, I ended up working, uh, working on the big uh, broadcast production trailers. Uh, these are the, the full-size tractor trailers. They even have the sides pop out like an RV. So they're, wow. they're huge and, uh, and they have all the control room equipment and for doing live network sporting events. So I did that for about 20 years um, and I still do it on a freelance uh, basis. Um, I've done Super Bowls, World Series uh, and my highlight of my career was they, um, they took the trucks and they took their engineers and they sent them all to sent us all to um, South Korea for the Olympics, the last Winter Olympics. Oh my gosh, that's cool! I've spent over a month in in, in Korea, and it was wow. quite an experience. When was that? I should know, uh, but I don't. Really 2018. Twenty eighteen. Uh, four years ago. That is so cool. It That's was really cool. quite an experience. And, but, you know, I kind of came back from that and realized that it's like, I kind of hit my bucket list, <laughs> you know? No, I, did I get that. That was like the pinnacle. Uh, it was like, that's one, one of the things I hadn't done. I hadn't done Olympics. And then there was one other thing that I hadn't done that a lot of my colleagues of knowing people all through the, the years have gotten. They've, um, you, there are um, awards given for, you know, the Emmy Awards. Uh, they're also given for technical categories, a best sports broadcast, best, um, you know, of any, any category, best special effects, just kind of like with the movies. And when you work on one of those shows that wins an Emmy, you have, to, you normally get a plaque and you have the opportunity to get an actual Emmy statuette because your name is on the credit list and you, you earn that. So in the uh, end of 2018, I, I got a chance to get an in. So I got oh my, my <laughs> I got <gosh>. my in. <laughs> so, so you're an Emmy winner. Yes, yes. That's really, really cool. Back there in the corner, oh so. <laughs> my gosh, that's super cool. Congratulations. That is so cool. So thank you, thank you. It, it finally, like, you know, a, a lot of seems a lot of my colleagues where I just wasn't working on that one show that was that got an Emmy. You know, I'd see all my colleagues, oh, here's my third Emmy. Here's my, it's like, it's kind yeah. of wonderful. And, and then, and I did that and I was doing all the, you know, I've done all the big shows and, and then, then COVID hit. And like, I guess everyone else um, 
you know, you spend, I was on furlough for five months because there was, as you know, there was no sports, there was nothing to cover. No need to have trucks and production people when there's nothing going on. So in that time, I, I'd already started TampWeb on kind of like, I kind of restarted it and on like a, a, almost like a freelance part-time basis, just finding odd jobs I could do for people in video production, but mostly doing a lot of volunteerism. I, I kind of got the itch to go back to my roots, which was more of the creative side. Um, I loved editing, loved being creative. Huh. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, I like the engineering side, you know, I, I was, I thought I was good at it and, and, but, but I was missing that creativeness and I kind of had like, when I was with the cable uh, station for all that time, I, I kind of was morphing the two. I had like a, 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 I looked at the creative side with kind of like a technical sense. So I would use yeah. in ways to like creatively, like, you know, that you wouldn't think of using like a camera we're getting a shot a certain way or a recording process or an editing process. And I kind of wanted to get back to doing that. So I decided to take a tab web uh, full time. And, and here I am. And, and I kind of have the best of both worlds because I'm still freelance with my old uh, employer. Um, so I can go out, but now on my schedule uh, and, and still kind of awesome. keep my feedback in the broadcast world because it's, it's hard to kind of completely give that up at least for me you know I would think it would sound like it would be very exciting it is it is and, and actually like it, it was getting to be like road work is very hard it's very hard to be on the road all the time uh, I've spent so many Christmases every holiday I've spent working you know uh somewhere. oh wow you know when you uh watch the big game on uh Christmas uh, day or New Year's day well we're out there putting that game on so I was doing yes. so I, I kind of like not being out at an airport all the time yeah. um, but I, I do it enough now that it's it's back to being kind of a nice adventure as opposed yeah. to just a grueling like oh here I am at the airport again so it's 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 kind of nice but I'm really uh I'm really kind of like interested in in doing something that I never thought I saw myself doing is running my own business. Never would have dreamed of that at all. Do you have entrepreneurs in your family? Is it something that you have like a um, history of even familially or is this, are you like the first entrepreneur really? Pretty much, I guess the first entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, at this stage of my career, when I always saw myself as like, okay, I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, I want a salary position and I, I, I work for someone else and, you know, I, I get, every, every, you know, I, I get my, my benefits and all that. Right, and right. It's a stable paycheck and, and all that. And then, uh, but a lot of people in my line of work are freelancers. They're out on their own doing this. Yeah. And I never saw, years ago, I never would have seen myself do that. I thought it's like, oh, I can't. I can't take that chance of risk. instability and all that and risk. Right. And, and now here I am doing it. I never really mm -hmm. thought that I would end up doing it. And, and how is I, it? I, I really am enjoying it. Uh, so That's far. Great. I really like it. That's and uh, I'm, I'm still kind of building up the business, but oh. it's been great 
having uh, the freelance opportunities because it allows yeah. me to still do that and you know, keep myself kind of current. And it allows me to kind of do that for income while I'm building up the business. So I can, uh, you know, I can make the business like stronger. Um, yeah. You know, worrying about, uh, you know, how much money I'm bringing in for that, that week, you know, right now. All yes. Stuff in that critical time, you know, because it obviously takes time. And, and I did, uh, you know, in my finances, you know, since I, I went full time last year, uh, I put in some of the finances to obviously pay myself. You know, that's what you want to do when you start a business. Right. So I haven't mm -hmm. had to dip into that part yet because of the freelance of the other. Of, of the oh, other so smart, Tom. It's it, it ended up working out very well. And yeah. I'm, I'm very happy uh, as as things are progressing right now. And, and, um, so, Tom, you know, you talked about that creative approach. Mm -hmm. And I know that you had something patented or I believe that to be the case. I did, yes. Okay, what was that? That was that was part of my creativeness of kind of solving a problem. And I came up with an idea a couple of years ago. I started getting involved in 360 degree photography. Uh, and the cameras were just coming out where they take like a, uh, it, it's always hard to show people what, like what it is without being able to actually like see it. But it basically a 360 photo is what when you go to say Google Street View, and you're looking at uh, right. you're going down the street and you can look around in the direction. That's a 360 photo. Yes. And you can do that uh, with uh, cameras now, almost like instant, almost like point and shoot cameras. But they're because they see everything from every angle. You can't use a traditional light or a flash because you would see it. Uh, you see everything in the field of view. So I developed a light that works with this uh, type of camera. And I realized that this is what didn't seem that hard of a process for me to come up with, but I better go patent this because someone else is going to be, I mean, how often do you know, all gotten the ideas? Yep. Of, oh, if only I had, mm -hmm. well, now I had. <laughs> so so i have it patented and i'm still working on getting it produced but i have the i have the patent and the idea and the concept on it so um you know that's that's another accomplishment that i never that's a big accomplishment on. and i'm hoping someday you know i'm, I'm hoping that it's not my only patent yeah. it is. and oh you know and gosh, i learned a Tom. lot from the patent process for sure i worked with a great uh, a great patent attorney who's also a chamber member and she helped me like through it all through the whole process um and and kind of doing it where i did some of the work myself which made it more cost effective but it also i also learned a lot so as i go and do more uh creative thinking um i know a lot more of the process of, of, of oh, cool. That is really incredible. So, you know, that makes me think, were you always like this? Can you tell me a little bit about, about your growing up? Because were you always that kid that was like, hey, I have a way of doing this or inventing yeah, I, something? I was always kind of uh, on the creative side. I remember there was one time that um, um, we had like a vacuum with like a powered um, floor attachment. 
and my mother went out shopping. Uh, I was probably like 12. And then she came back home to find that I have, because there was a jam in, to find that I had taken the whole thing apart. And I had all the pieces out on the floor and everything like that. I did end up putting it back together and I was able to. Good. And um, I know uh, my parents can, would, would vouch that uh, I, I was always curious about things that were electrical and electronic. Uh, I used to, I used to, when I was really young, um, I, I burned out a couple of uh, appliances because I saw the little ventilation slots on like a TV or like we had like a, a player organ and um, I, I saw it like pennies in a bank. So I would take pennies and put them in the slots and that would, you know, <laughs> that I was always curious oh. about things though, but curious how things work. Um, I had one interesting kind of invention I, I came up with when I was really young, probably like, I might've been like, oh God, maybe nine, 10, but I, uh, and my parents let me do this. They, uh, I took a bunch of like empty um, beer cans and tied them all together in a string. So if you shook them, they made noise. And then I had this idea in my head that, well, fire, it, I was making a fire alarm. And I thought, well, fire must have weight to it. So if I make a little platform and tie it to the end of the string, and then if it catches on fire, it'll push the platform down and make the, make the, uh, the beer cans like rattle and wake you up. And this is, this is like, and that's a, an insane kind of thought, but this is the kind of thinking I was like doing as like yeah. a kid. I was trying to figure out how things work. And, and, and how I can wow. make that. And I guess in a way that ended up morphing into my adult, uh, adult life of, of how I view technology. Uh, I'm never afraid. Of, I, it started this way when I got involved in doing uh, video production. And still to this day, I always kind of find a, a way around, a, a workaround. You know, I'm never just satisfied with wow. like, okay, well, this device does a certain thing and I'm going to use it that way. Well, hey, I got an idea to use it a different way. So I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do things, and and that that develops into creative editing styles and techniques, and um, why I think to this day I I still am drawn to newer technology. I was very early with drones, um, and uh, but I moved on. I don't do so much with drones now, but um, I was like, in like 2014, I was like, I became the go-to drone guy. You know, I was like one of the only ones doing stuff with drones because I I, la I I see this new stuff and I want to like then help figure out what to do with it. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of us get nervous when new technology comes out. Yes. So it is interesting when you talk about you know, getting excited and interested. And I guess it's because you have that mind that is going to figure it out. I mean, I get nervous if somebody asks me to plug in, you know, a socket, I think, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? Um, you know, I find that really an interesting way that your brain works, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's how, um, it's how I've been able to have a career in broadcast engineering because, um, we're often met with challenges of, uh, well, here's a piece of equipment and um, no, I don't know how it works and there's no manual and I can't tell you anything about it, but I'll be back in 10 minutes after you figure it out. 
and then we do that. And, you know, there's, there's a, I don't know, I guess a, a certain thought process that your brain has to be able to do to just kind of naturally, and for me, it just kind of comes naturally. Um, now, do you get, in. do you get um, anxious? Do you, because if somebody asked me to do that, I would get completely stressed out. Like, what is your stress level like when you it are can be doing high. Yeah, it can be yeah. high. Um, yeah. It can be very stressful. And, you know, I'll keep myself if I like, you know, oh, I should have thought of doing that. And it's like, when, and a lot of us do that. A lot of the engineers yeah. kind of, we kind of do that to ourselves, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like where you think of something later and you're like, oh, I was so stupid for not realizing it. And, you know, that's just sort of how we figure things out. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's just sort of, I guess, the way I'm wired because I, yeah. I kind of do that with everything. You just, is that, do you have like a coping mechanism just to deal with that? Or do you just, is your coping mechanism I'm going to figure it out mentally. So it's all going to be okay. I eventually, I figure it out. I mean, there are times that I can get frustrated uh, like anyone would, especially if like you, you have a deadline. Deadlines yeah. work good for me because then it's like, I know, okay, I have so much time and I'll figure it out. You know, some way I will make it work. And then you go wow. from plan A to plan B to plan C. <laughs> yeah. You talked a little bit about you know your your life in the community you know in your early career and i know you're so dedicated to service in the community um is that something that was stressed in your household was it something that you just kind of came to because you were working in that local um cable environment where does that come from it might i think it probably kind of morphed into because I had like like growing up once well ever since like high school I've got actually even before high school I was always very um proud of my local environment like the area I live in and and I had an appreciation for a lot of the old architecture and buildings and, and the like and you know a familiarity of, of, of where you're you know it becomes part of you you know, when you, I've lived here since I was like six years old, and, you know, and, you know, I've walked the streets today and I can come up with memories in my head of something that, you know, happened when I was 10 years old. And it's like, oh, I remember walking down that street at like 10 years old and saw whatever, you know, and, and I, I, I like that I can recall memories like that, you know, well, into my, that, that this has become such a familiar place. So I've always been proud of where I live. And partially through getting exposed to so much local culture with the cable company, because we would interview and we would do uh, features on all sorts of, you know, from events to like the people. Um, and I got to know a lot of them and where I knew of them. So it, you know, when I kind of started coming back to my local roots, I, I started by wanting to kind of volunteer. So I, I started to volunteer with a, a couple of things in Doylestown. Um, one of my big ones was the, the Historical Society. I got involved with them. And I realized that, like, well, why don't I, like, do volunteering in, and contribute the skill set that I'm kind of good at and I really enjoy doing? 
and it's sort of how I got back involved in doing more creative editing and creative oh. like shooting. Um, I would basically help different uh, nonprofits with, uh, well, like uh, Discover Doylestown. I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot of their events, uh, a lot of the videos that are, you know, of the different events in Doylestown, you know, that, that probably are on my YouTube page. Um, okay. And I, I, so in giving of like, and then I, I got this strong sense of just wanting to like, uh, it, it became very satisfying to volunteer. Um, so it's kind of like my little adrenaline rush. So I, I morphed it into doing other types of volunteering um, where I'm not holding the camera. <laughs> so uh, it started with holding the camera and I still do a lot of that, but then I do other things that, uh, you know, might, you know, just, just to do, just to be, I think it's very important to be part of your local environment. Uh, I, I had one friend that said you made a line that said, um, you can, you feel helpless in, in the world scope. Like, what can you do to change the world? But your world starts at your local community and you have power to do that. And, and Great point. I sort of always kind of use that as like the mantra. You can do so much in your local community and everybody did that in their own local communities. That's a, that's a big, big change for, for everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I really love that. I have a friend who you're just reminding me I need to call because she always posts this song, which I don't know that I know this one, but it's like brighten up your little corner of the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we all think about our corner and start there, you know, that could be very powerful if everybody does that. If everybody brightens up their own little corners, then that corner is a, becomes a big piece. Yeah, that that's a great thought. Um, and is is that... What that satisfaction that you talk about is that kind of something ephemeral that you can't describe, or what is that that you're talking about? You know, when you when you volunteered, you felt something. What is that? Um, I guess it's sort of like you know everybody does like you know people have their hobbies and and it releases the you know the you know, the happy chemicals you know that make you feel just good and content mm -hmm. and this the volunteering is kind of what does that for me for you and i know that that's the case because I, I i i as i do volunteering i know several people that are kind of like we're we kind of like i, I guess i take volunteering to the chronic level i know several that are in the same boat and i think we're all kind of like the we're, we're all kind of the same you, you do get something out of it yeah you know? and and it's like you know while well, I'm, I might be giving to help other people. It, it also helps me like, like yeah. internally. Yeah, that's great. So are there, are there other things that you do in your free time? I mean, do you watch movies or read or crochet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you knitting uh, a blanket while we're talking right now? No. <laughs> 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 no, um, it's, it's, um, I do like, um, I do like science fiction. Um, okay. Watch, like movies. Star Trek. I'm a big fan of the Star Trek series. Yeah. You know, I would think you would yeah. like science fiction. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's on brand. Yeah. And, and a lot of my hobbies is, 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 I guess when I get involved in the volunteering, because I, that's, I do a lot, uh, mm -hmm. 
of activities that you know take my time you know they, they take that that time up, you know and um I, yeah. I kind of enjoy that as much as you know when I'm doing like paid projects and it's like and I take I take it just as seriously yeah. like when I'm doing like a project uh, a, a video related project that's I'm not making any money off of because I'm volunteering to do that I, I take it with every bit of the seriousness um, I believe you because I've seen that in you firsthand. So that is the truth. Um, you know, I was thinking this this year as I'm doing this particular season of the podcast, I have been kind of talking to um, friends and, you know, I, there's kind of like this connection aspect that I didn't focus so much in the first season. And I'm thinking about friendships and what draws us to different people. So what do you admire? What draws you to somebody? What makes you want to befriend somebody? What qualities to you do you look for in other people? I guess uh, things like um, kindness, um, acceptance of other people's, um, you know, we all have our own issues and problems with as life goes on. That's what life deals with us and that you know everybody has their own version of that um people that are accepting of that people that are kind and and responsive of other people that maybe have it more difficult than me um you know and that's i i kind of like that kind of like similar mindset kind of person um okay i'm just going to ask you a few end of the interview questions that i throw out there if you don't have anything you can just say skip it <laughs> so a favorite movie is that star trek um geez it's tough i mean there's there's movies in different genres that i like um because i guess being involved with like you, oh, you know yeah. the filmmaking and stuff um True. I know it's more of like sort of a violent movie, but it's like Pulp Fiction, I found was oh, kind yeah. of amazing in the way it was put together. Yeah. And the right, I mean, it was really like, it was, I like Quentin Tarantino as a director. Um, yeah. I liked, um, another movie I liked that was, was that also won an Academy Award, um, Parasite from Oh my from gosh, you South could Korea. talk to my daughter. Yeah, my daughter loved both of those movies. Yes. And, but yeah, Parasite, I, I didn't see it because she thinks I probably couldn't handle it, <laughs> but she so, told me the whole story. I'm, I'm, it, 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 I, you know, the idea of a movie is to entertain you and kind of yes. make you escape and, and also draw you into it yes. uh, in kind of unique and creative ways. And both those movies kind of do that because they had these sort of like the anti-hero where I mean, in, in both movies, in Pulp Fiction and in uh, Parasite, the so-called, the, the heroes, the ones you're kind of like, you know, being on their side for a while are actually not very nice people. No, it's not but interesting. It's, it's almost like an opposite, you know, of, of what, and it, it, it's hard to describe as to what they do, but I think it's, it's, it's a very creative um, writing and a creative way of filmmaking to, um, make that juxtaposition, you know, where it's like, it's kind of the opposite of what you think. Well, it's like, why am I cheering? Like, like in Parasite, you know, the, the families, it's like, they're con artists. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, but, you know, you end up like 
sort of understand and feeling so because then you see like the they, they do different character layers of, like you see their problems that they have yes and, you know it's just kind of uh it's really kind of interesting i guess you, you know really unique kind of story writing i guess is probably yeah. what draws me to it right i mean my daughter she um has historically made it a point to watch every movie that's up for an academy award and when i say mm -hmm. every movie i mean you know, foreign films, documentaries, like every movie. So she could talk about films, you know, for hours and hours. And she loves reading too. She could talk about books for hours and hours. So she loves both of those. I also you know. like technique. Yeah, movies that have interesting, like, because I'm, I'm very technical, you know, so sometimes I'll pick right. like a movie. Um, oh, uh, was it 19, it wasn't 1917, but it was, um, Oh, that they shall not be forgotten or something like that, where it's like it basically um, they took like original British war footage from 1917 from, from the First World War and they colorized it, modernized it and added a soundtrack to it. And you felt like you were watching like a current documentary or like a remade documentary, but it was the actual original footage. So like the people that you're watching were actual soldiers from 19 but but like the movie was like done with such interesting techniques and again being technical you know that's i i kind of get drawn into that because then i'm sitting there in the movie like just marveling over that technique i mean i've done some interesting visual techniques myself in my career so i admire seeing that from others do you have a a thing where you're watching a movie and you're taken out of it because you already know so much of the technical aspect that you don't get drawn in. Do you ever have that problem? Um, maybe sometimes. Um, yeah, or or I get distracted because I'm like, you know, wow, I wonder how they did that. You know, that oh, I get right. that reaction. You know, yes, um, yes. while I'm watching the film. Um, you know, I guess it's a little easier now. I mean, especially like I've gotten into watching like some foreign films. You know, so like because you're foreign films are more interesting like even um like parasite was one that was sometimes yeah. you had to oh, yeah you know you had to pay attention you know so yeah watching you know and i know some people have a hard time with uh, foreign films i've seen to have because like because of that you have to kind of really pay attention and you're always looking yeah. at that text at the bottom of the screen and yes you know, makes you miss details and stuff like that but uh i found that like um you know, filmmaking is pretty universal. So even yeah. without having subtitles, you can still get a lot out of it. Uh, so what about um, like a favorite meal? If somebody said, Tom, you can have anything you want to eat tonight. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, what would it be? Something probably uh, spicy. Mm -hmm. um it, it's interesting i i started off being like the classic meat and potatoes person and it's like don't give me any anything special you know just you know a steak mashed potatoes green beans i'm done that's it i i, I don't want anything special don't give me broccoli or give me anything and then over the years i've, I've kind of morphed into the opposite where i'm trying i'll try like almost anything um that really culminated when I was in Korea for a month. Um, I ate some stuff that's like, I, you know, people, people that knew me from like younger 
they're absolutely shocked that it's like they can't imagine how I would because they would look at some of that stuff and say, I wouldn't try eating that stuff. How are you eating that? Um, like um, baby octopus and, and you know, kimchi, which is a very, yeah. uh, kimchi is, uh, it's an acquired taste, but I got to it's acquire good for you. It's very good for you. Yes. You know, they, they all, they all eat it there and it's plentiful. And it's like, I was still eating it for a long time when I got back from Korea, you know, when I got fine. Great. So, uh, so I, I kind of like, um, you know, seafood. I like a lot. Um, I've, I've stayed away from red meat over the years, you know, fairly recently. But, um, you know, I guess I picked up on it with like, you know, seafood, and, you know, things with, like, with spice. I don't mind spice. Then the last question, I don't know if it's an easy question or a hard question. I haven't figured that one out yet. But what do you wish for others? You know, something you wish that everybody either knew or did. And then what do you wish for yourself? Let's see, the, the first first questions, uh, I guess, kind of easy. I, I wish people would be more, because um, right now, you know, there's a lot of culture of unkindness that I see a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of like um, people that think, uh, thinking more of just their own world and they can't understand like what's outside of the, what's outside of their world just doesn't matter um I, I wish people would uh a lot of people would understand kind of the idea of walking in someone else's shoes and there's ways of doing that doing doing some of the volunteerism uh you can walk in other people's shoes um i never one of the things i volunteer to do is i uh I uh, work at the Code Blue, and uh, there, there's actually is a homeless population in the Bucks County area, and people don't think that. I probably didn't even think that myself a couple of years ago. Um, but, um, you know, and kind of, and I've learned a lot about myself and other people by doing those shifts. You, you get to, you, you get the one, they all have names, so you, you, you more humanize, you know, because in, in my travels, in my work travels, going to major cities, there's homelessness everywhere. Um, and you, you see it a lot more in major cities. And it, it's kind of hard to, hard to know how to react. But I've just learned to just treat people as, as people. Um, realizing that, you know, I, I kind of see myself as like, I, I'm doing pretty good where I am in the social chain. But like everything with life, that could change. We don't know what the future is for any of us. And those people that are homeless, you know, now, they weren't always that way. Um, so you don't know what kind of, you know, you don't know what's headed your way any more than they did. Um, yes. So you, you learn to kind of um, just realize that, you know, that we're all kind of just to be, I guess, humble. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think it's really wonderful that you do that because I know that some, you know, so Code Blue is a shelter that operates when the um, weather reaches a certain point, right? right? Yeah, and then like it helps cold. people get in, in off the, the street. In the winter months, yes. Right, and right. It's, 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 it's a lot of people involved in doing it. 
Um, and um, yeah, and I've, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. That was part of the volunteering as well. That's and great. part of it because I saw it everywhere and I kind of wanted to do something. Yeah. That whole and idea then- of like, you know, I can't do much for the people in other cities, but I can do something for the people that are here. Yeah, I think that that is a great mantra or message to leave people with. I really do. So um, I would, I'm tempted to leave it there, but I'm not going to because I just wonder um, your own personal goals. Is mm-hmm. it to continue to grow your business? Is it, what, what are your personal goals? I guess, you know, I definitely want to grow the business. And, you know, I see myself, um, you know, because I'm so, I've always been so involved with the Doylestown area and community. And, you know, it's like my life is kind of built around it that I, I intend to like, you know, stay here. Um, and, and still like, I kind of like wondering and picturing myself maybe 20 years from now, and I'm still doing like some volunteer work. And, you know, I have a lot of people say, Oh, you should run for mayor. I'm like, no, not, you know, first I have to be like, you know, around and, you know, it's like, I've, yeah. and, but that you know, could be a long-term goal. That could be, you know, and, and long-term being like, maybe like 20 years from now, you know. You would be a great mayor of Doylestown. <laughs> I'm putting it out there, out into the universe. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you I'll so much. I'll be content for... working as mayor of Doylestown right now, which I, I do a lot. That's I, awesome. I've done a lot, so. <laughs> you can learn the inside, you know, the inner workings for when you're mayor. <laughs> That's awesome. Tom, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to um, let me talk to you. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. This was fun. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L. L-I-F-E at gmail.com.